Hello, and welcome to the What If It's Not Depression podcast. Whether you're here to learn about the root causes of depressive-like symptoms, wanting to know more about alternative solutions, or you're a biohacker looking to optimize your mental health and brain, this podcast is for you. I am Dr. Achina Stein, and I will be your host on your journey to resolving depressive-like symptoms and optimizing your mood. You're listening to the What If It's Not Depression podcast, hosted by Dr. Achina Stein. Essentially, Mayo Clinic told me, back to the pill for the ill, that I can take a pill to control my heart rate. And although although that was very tempting, <laughs> it's not fun to be busy and lightheaded and, you know, half-assed heart side rate. effects to that, yeah. Exactly. I knew the pill wasn't going to tell me why this was happening to me. So I wanted to get to the root cause of the problem. You have to have a strong foundation upon which to build a great house. Same is true for your body. If you want to have good health, even good mental health, you have to have a, a strong gastrointestinal foundation. Hormone levels are going to decline. Hormones are very important when we think of depression and mental health. We need our hormones. Mm-hmm. And we have a low hormone epidemic uh, in men and women. Mm-hmm. So stress is our body's biggest hormone hijacker. So it will rob us of progesterone, eventually of testosterone and estrogen. And there's no pill or potion that's gonna change your lifestyle, like that's gonna replace lifestyle. So if there were really three toxins that you could get out of your life to help optimize aging and mental health and hormone production, that would be fragrances, plastics, and dairy. Welcome to the What If It's Not Depression podcast. I'm Dr. Achina Stein. I am interviewing Dr. Stephanie Gray today. She is a functional medicine provider who helps men and women in midlife who feel like their bodies have betrayed them. That means aging, getting old. (laughs) And she helps them step back into their bodies by restoring optimal hormone levels so they can regain their sleep, figure, mood, and feel amazing once again. She is known for keeping hormone replacement therapy sexy safe and effective. She is also the Amazon bestselling author of her book, Your Longevity Blueprint, host of Your Longevity Blueprint podcast and co-founder of Your Longevity Blueprint Nutraceuticals with her husband, Eric. They enjoy spending time outside with their son, William, and they founded the Integrative Health and Hormone Clinic in Hiawatha, Iowa. <laughs> that sounds. <laughs> so welcome, Dr. Stephanie Gray. And before we start, I just want to let people know that I would love if they can click the like button and subscribe if you enjoy this episode. Welcome, Dr. Stephanie Gray. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. I am so excited for you to be here too, because what we're focusing on, it's a little different than hormones, but really aging and how it affects many things and including hormones. And I think it would be really good for people in my age group. I just turned 58 and well, you uh, look great. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. But it's, you know, it's always on the back of my mind. What can I do to stay active and not let my body betray me because that has happened and it's important to be on top of that. But before we start, you know, we were talking a little bit about the difference between functional medicine and conventional Mm -hmm. medicine. And it isn't something that I have been talking about because, you know, we always do these deep dives on these episodes, but I think for somebody who's new to functional medicine, it'd be really good to have someone describe it. Do you think you could do that for me today? 
Yeah, absolutely. So a, a great analogy, I think it's a great analogy that I use <laughs> in my book, Your Longevity Blueprint, is comparing the fire department to more of a carpenter approach. So when we think of conventional medicine, they're great for acute issues, right? You have a UTI, whatnot. If you have a heart attack, you got hit by a car, we want you going to the nearest emergency room, right? This nation has an amazing fire department who's great for acute care. They can put out fires, but they don't always get to the root cause of the problem. And, and we could even talk about their the fireman versus the carpenter approach for depression specifically, right? So a lot of times the fire department approach is take the pill for the ill. Mm-hmm. Can the pill help? Can conventional medicine help? Absolutely, but with functional medicine, we wanna to get to the root cause of the problem. So we wanna be more of a carpenter, at least that's how I practice. Uh, I have an integrative health and hormone clinic, but we, we practice functional medicine here also. So we try to be the carpenter to get to the root cause, we could say of aging or of depression or of psoriasis or whatever the condition is, right? We try to get to the root cause and help the patient, as I kind of describe in my book, which is all about repairing and rebuilding, we help the patient rebuild the body so they don't need the fire department. Well, functional medicine really asks how and why illness occurs, tries to discover the root cause, the dysfunction, the imbalance in the body and fix it. Right, yeah, I have a similar analogy that you know when you are uh, hit by a car and happen to have multiple broken bones, sometimes people are airlifted to the hospital and they're put in a body cast, they're on life support sometimes, right? But ultimately, most people know that when they're in that situation, that they're going to come out of that body cast and that they know they have to go to rehab. So rehab is a longer process, getting your body back to balance so that you don't need those casts. You don't need right. those crutches. And right. so I don't think people realize that that pill for that ill, it doesn't necessarily cure the problem. It, it just suppresses symptoms. I mean, mm-hmm. there's going to be some medications where it really treats the problem, but it actually suppresses yeah. symptoms and, and psychiatric medication is in, in the same realm where it doesn't really cure or heal anything. It just suppresses symptoms. And that is a good thing, just like a body cast or crutches, you need to take medications and thank God we have medications Yes, in, yes. in situations. And so, but then if you then work on the root causes, you can potentially come off those medications or at least reduce medications. So you're right. not experiencing side effects and really work towards optimal mental health not Mm -hmm. just suppression of symptoms. So yeah. Yeah. So thank you for that explanation. I thought that was a great analogy. So tell me what was it that transitioned you from conventional medicine to functional medicine? Yeah, that's a really long story, which I'll try to make short. So so, uh, twofold. So first I was just very blessed to have been raised in a really healthy family. My parents always cooked home-cooked meals. We were always going to see the chiropractor. We're always engaged in physical activity. Like I was just raised in a healthy family. I almost went to chiropractic school. So I will say that my my parents just, we were self-employed. We had a high deductible. My parents didn't want us to get sick. So they were already looking into some of this stuff. Like my parents weren't hippies, but they were growing wheatgrass juice on the counter in the kitchen, right there. They were juicing for us. They were trying to keep us healthy. So I really wanted, I guess, continue on with how I was raised. But despite that, I will say one day sitting at my desk, I had very fast heart rate. So I literally saw patients in the morning, sat down at my desk to chart and my heart rate took off to the races very, very fast. And I was, I had the medical term for that is tachycardia. Mm-hmm. Not just did I have palpitations where you kind of feel like your heart's beating out of your chest, 
at a very fast heart rate. And so I thought, what the heck is happening to me? I'm having a stroke. <laughs> what's, what's happening? Yeah. I tried to buzz my husband, who's our clinic office manager, and I didn't even know what button to push. I just thought, I got to get help. So I walked through my office doorway, which felt like a football field away, just to try to like you know, get help. Walked down my hall and my nurse found me really pale. Again, trying to make a long story short, I went to the emergency room. I was eventually sent to Mayo Clinic for this tachycardia. Mm -hmm. Turns out my body was very stressed and we can talk a little bit about stress today. <laughs> I'm still working on managing my stress, but essentially Mayo Clinic told me back to the pill for the ill that I could take a pill to control my heart rate. And although, although that was very tempting, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's not fun to be dizzy and lightheaded and, you know, half right, heart side rate. effects to that. Yeah, exactly. I knew the pill wasn't going to tell me why this was happening. To me. So I wanted to get to the root cause of the problem. Now I was already learning and into functional medicine before this happened, thankfully, but had I not been, this only would have fueled my passion and my interest for it further, because I wanted to figure out what was happening within my body and why I was kind of on this more sympathetic overdrive. And so as I described in my book, <laughs> I had lots of problems. So I had, I checked myself for celiac disease. And I remember the day the results came back on my desk. I looked at them and I thought, I cannot believe I'm one of those people that has, you know, has celiac disease. I ended up having lots of food sensitivities, haven't touched gluten since. I had lots of stress. I had lots of nutritional deficiencies. I needed magnesium. I actually went, went on a lot of calming supplements that were very helpful. Um, subsequently, kind of when I said, twofold, what kind of spurred my interest in the functional medicine. I also was struggling with infertility. Mm -hmm. And as an owner of a hormone clinic, that's kind of embarrassing, right? To, to struggle with infertility. And so I wanted to figure out why that was happening to me as well. Turns out I had endometriosis, which from a functional medicine standpoint, I know the gluten and dairy I was eating was not helping. That was inflaming mm -hmm. my uterus, contributing to the problem. And all the stress I was under was robbing me of the calming, soothing progesterone that I needed to achieve and maintain a pregnancy. Right. So that's the short version. <laughs> um, but I, uh, through my own personal, I would say through my upbringing, I already was open-minded into functional medicine, right? And then both of those experiences just further fueled my passion. And that's really when I wrote my book too, because my husband said, if you have all this knowledge and you're struggling right now, you're having to put yourself through all of these different kind of steps that you put your patients through. Why don't we get, th get this on paper? So I wrote the book, Your Longevity Blueprint, to, as we kind of open this podcast, introduce individuals to functional medicine, because they might resonate with, you know, one chapter or the other. Right. Um, but I needed to get it on paper because I needed to walk myself through all those steps and hold myself accountable. And then now we can use that with our patients. Mm -hmm. So in your book, uh, you talk about a house blueprint concept. Can you break that down for us? Yeah. So regarding the blueprint, I was trying to, I, I like analogies. So I was trying to <laughs> figure out how can I put, <laughs> put all of functional medicine into one analogy that a, a listener or a, a reader, right, could like actually understand. And so I thought, well, most of us have houses and we know how to maintain our homes, right? We keep hair out of the drains, we mow the lawn, mm -hmm. we change our furnace filters. We, we just, they're just things we intuitively know we need to do for our house to last longer, right? For the longevity of the home. Right. And so I thought, well, why don't I compare our body to mm -hmm. our homes? And so mm -hmm. essentially through each chapter of the book, back to this blueprint concept, I'm comparing an organ system of the body to an aspect of the house, starting with chapter one, it's chapter one for a reason, mm -hmm. um, 
starting with gastrointestinal health. So I'm comparing gastrointestinal health of the body to the foundation of the home, right? You have to have a strong foundation upon which to build a great house. The same is true for your body. If you want to have good health, even good mental health, you have to have a, a strong gastrointestinal foundation. And for Absolutely. me, that was something that wasn't strong, right? That was right. something I had to had to work on. I actually also had SIBO and lots of gastrointestinal issues, which um, I've, I've been longly working to resolve. Right. So regarding that house blueprint concept, I'm just taking listeners or readers through every single organ system in the body. And I'm sharing what functional medicine testing options exist that your, your conventional doctor, right? That fire department doctor may not actually even know about. So that then you as the reader can maybe go back to your doctor or find a functional medicine provider and say, hey, I want to have food sensitivity testing done, or I want to have hormone testing done or whatnot, because I need to rebuild this aspect of my home, aka this organ system in my body. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, and the, I, I like to use macro examples to describe what's happening, happening in the body on a micro level as well. But just to take it one step further, a lot of times when people talk about, oh, my, you know, I, I can't do functional medicine because my insurance doesn't cover it. You know, it, I think it's important to also use the analogy that, hey, you know, you don't necessarily expect your home insurance, right? Mm -hmm. to cover your cutting the lawn and painting the house and all of the maintenance that's required. I love that. I got to put that in my second book. Yeah, <laughs> and same thing with car insurance, right? You know, you, in order to maintain the health of your car, right? You have to take it in for oil, lube, filter changes, tire changes. Your insurance doesn't pay for that. Your, your car insurance doesn't pay for any of that, but yep. people acknowledge and recognize that yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, so I have, insurance yeah. is the same thing. It's more for catastrophic issues, not for health. And so uh, it is really understanding the difference between sick care and really well care. And they really shouldn't call it health care because it's not health care at all. <laughs> it's sick care, you know, and so you would you would use your house insurance if a tree fell on your house. You would use your house insurance if it was a fire, right? And same thing with a car. If you got in a car accident, you would use your car insurance. So I think it's important for people to understand that in order to get well, that they need to invest. Best. If I can take that a step further. So in, in the last chapter of my book, it's kind of hard to decide, am I going to talk about finances and you know uh, what it's going to cost to rebuild the body in this book or not? But I, it was an important because everybody wants to ask, well, what does functional medicine cost? Can I afford that? Um, just echoing what you just said, I, I like to say that insurance care is more for the fire department approach. Back mm -hmm. to this analogy we've been talking about this whole interview. So if you want your insurance to cover something, it's probably not maybe going to cover, you might have a high deductible, but that's where the fire department sort of care comes in. Right. But insurance is not great for more of the detective work, more of the exactly. functional medicine. Right. Yep. And yeah, I like to use the detect. I, I call myself a Sherlock Holmes of mental health. So yeah, I, I like, it. like to use that analogy. So we digressed. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Let's get okay. back to aging. And so, and, and how that can affect your mood. Can you walk us through the different processes in aging that ultimately can impact your mood? Yeah, that's a loaded question. So <laughs> lots of things. I'm going to go, I'm going to go back to my book here just because the, the concept that I'm discussing applies to 
aging applies to depression applies to you know hormones declining <laughs> absolutely so, lots of chapters in the book right and so if we want to help prevent the aging of our home right same is true as far as we need to address all of these these, these aspects of the home aka all of these organ systems in the body to help prevent aging right prevent inflammation Mm-hmm, which ages us, which starts in the gut. So lots of things contribute to aging, especially poor digestion. So as you age, your stomach acid levels decline. That's why a lot of individuals get thick vertical ridges on their nails. As stomach acid levels decline, your ability to digest your food goes down. You know this being in mental health, all of your neurotransmitters come from amino acids, which come from protein. You have mm-hmm. to be able to digest and break down your protein to be able to make neurotransmitters and have cofactors for neurotransmitters, things like dopamine and serotonin and norepinephrine and whatnot and GABA. We have to restore our foundation, that foundation of the whole. And so, and that's where with functional medicine, we can run food sensitivity testing. We can run a stool analysis to see if there are gut infections or to look at to see how poor digestion is, to see if patients need enzymes or hydrochloric acid or bile or something like that. Mm -hmm. So we really want to look at the root cause of inflammation for aging, which can start in the gut. But that's only one chapter. So I don't know how deep you want me to go, but oh, keep going, keep going. <laughs> so let's kind of maybe transition then to chapter four. So chapter four of my book is all about having the keys to unlock doorways, aka having the right nutrients. So you don't want to be low on, on nutrients, right? Which are important to serve as cofactors, like you need magnesium to, and B6 and whatnot to make you know, serotonin and all your neurotransmitters as right. well. So you don't mm-hmm. want to be nutritionally deficient that will age you. You need nutrients to help detox the body. If you're constantly exposed to toxins and you don't have the cofactors and the nutrients needed to detox, those toxins will add up, right? You'll eventually accumulate this toxic burden, which can then lead to things like cancers and autoimmune diseases, whatnot, heart disease. Right. So you really don't want to be nutritionally deficient. And the best way to not be nutritionally deficient is to improve gut health, improve your foundation. But I am, I'm a fan of having patients eat very clean, anti-inflammatory, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, try to not have added sugars. And then many times we do need to supplement. So I love the strength that functional medicine tests offer. Mm-hmm. So we can run a nutritional analysis on our patients because the listeners may be wondering, well, how do I know? Like I can have had my vitamin D level tested, but how do I know if I'm low on all these other nutrients you say are so important? Right. We can run a nutritional analysis. We can do organic acid testing, looking at vitamins, minerals, amino acids, antioxidants, omegas. We can assess all of that and then replete the patient so we can make sure they're eating better. Um, and digesting better, but we can put them on supplements they need, like magnesium and B6, we just mentioned whatnot. Right. You right. really don't want to be nutritionally deficient from an aging standpoint either. Absolutely. I agree. You know, I find that digestion is one of the things that tends to be overlooked. People go right to supplements in terms of downstream mm-hmm. effects, uh, you know, in the same way that conventional doctors do in, on some level, but it is, you know, looking upstream and seeing what are those root causes and yeah. making sure that even if people are depleted in certain nutrients to make sure that those nutrients can actually be assimilated into the cell, if you are going to take supplements, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, and you want to take the highest quality supplements also, otherwise you're just wasting your money. I, Talk about that for an hour, but (laughs) I agree. Yeah. Just so people understand that a lot of the supplements that are in the box stores are made to be shelf stable. And that means they're not as well 
absorbed in through your gut lining and into the cell. Um, so and, that's the short answer. <laughs> and even speaking to fish oil, which you probably recommend omega-3 fatty acids for your patients to help reduce inflammation, it'll actually help improve gut health as well. Mm -hmm. Wonderful for preserving memory when we think of aging. I didn't know this for years and we've always carried fish oil in our practice, but I didn't realize, which I'm now proud to say that I, um, our brand, I should say, of fish oil, a seed to shelf life is like only three to six months. And the industry average from harvesting that fish, getting the oil from it, getting it in bottles and onto a shelf can be a year and a half, two mm -hmm. years. I mean, it can be a really long time. And by the time the fish oil has sat on the shelf for two years, it might be oxidized and rancid and you know, right, pro-inflammatory, right. not anti-inflammatory. So you really, you should take omega-3s, but you make sure you take a high quality right. version that's not going to harm you and only help you. Right. And there's very few companies that provide high quality versions, even yeah. within the functional medicine realm where we offer all sorts of high grade supplements, you still have to be even more careful and narrow your down. I have a few brands that I use that are, they're the only brands that I'll use. And me so, too. Yeah. Yep, like I can count them on one hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Especially when it comes to fish oil, because you're absolutely right. They get rancid. And if they smell just so the audience knows if you have fish oil and it smells like fish, throw it out, <laughs> just throw it, it out. Yep. It should not smell at all like fish. And if you're burping from it, repeating on it, it's, that's not what it's supposed to do. So mm -hmm. I would just throw it in the garbage. <laughs> and, and burping up, let's say you burp uh, what you think is a high quality fish oil that may be due to poor digestion. Right. So if you've had exactly. your gallbladder removed or your gallbladder is not functioning appropriately, you may need to take some ox bile to help your body digest and break down those fats with the fish oil. And that, that's been very helpful to some of my patients. Absolutely. So just a little tip there agree. since we're talking about digestion. Yeah. Absolutely. Completely agree. Yeah. You mentioned the word detox. And I think it's important to let people know that what that means is that making sure that your liver and your gallbladder are working optimally and not only releasing the bile salts from the gallbladder, which is like a detergent that breaks down fats and breaks it down into teeny tiny globules that allow it to be assimilated, but also to get your liver to remove these toxins from your body, that in conjunction with your colon. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yep. I compare the laundry room <laughs> in chapter five of my book to the liver and the gallbladder in the body, right? So mm -hmm. at your home, you probably have a constant influx. I mean, it's, it's constant. It's not like you do laundry once and you never have to do laundry again the rest of your life, right? If you're like me, you have constant influx of dirty clothes that need washed, they need dried, they need folded away or folded and then put away. The same is true with our body. We're constantly exposed to toxins in the air we breathe and some people's water they drink and the, the foods they're consuming. So we need to make sure that we're constantly helping our bodies detox so that we don't develop that toxic burden that, mm. that I refer to. Right, right. Yeah. You mentioned memory loss, osteoporosis, fatigue, and hot mm -hmm. flashes. You know, what about those things in, on your longevity blueprint? Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about hormones here. I, I may take this answer two different directions <laughs> okay. so that listeners can hear maybe some natural ways to boost hormones. And then we can talk a little bit about hormone replacement therapy. So I have a hormone clinic and I know you've already had a lot of other guests talk about hormones, but it's okay to repeat because they're just so important. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. In yep. my analogy, I'm comparing the heating and cooling system in the home to the endocrine system in the body, right? Mm -hmm. And absolutely. so as we age, there's, I don't want to say there's no way around it because 
well, there, there are ways that I'm about to tell you, <laughs> hormone levels are going to decline. Hormones are very important when we think of depression and mental health, when we think of preventing memory loss, when we want to preserve bone density, right? When we want to have great muscle mass and great energy and not have hot flashes and night sweats and we want to sleep well, we need our hormones. Mm-hmm. And we had a low hormone epidemic uh, in men and women. I already shared with my story. I mean, I was early 30s when I was having such low progesterone, right? Contributing to that infertility. Mm-hmm. And so I will say, you want to have optimal hormone levels to age gracefully. So right. hopefully your listeners have already been convinced of that. So how do we do that? And I think the answer to this question is that just the trend through my book, there are three things that you can really do to optimize hormones. And number one, which is my biggest problem and still is my biggest problem is reducing stress. Mm-hmm. So stress is our body's biggest hormone hijacker. So it will rob us of progesterone, eventually of testosterone and estrogen. And there's no pillar potion that's going to change your lifestyle. Like that's going to replace lifestyle as far as you can't just take a pill and say, oh, I don't have any more stress. That pill's going to take where of my stress. And this is where lifestyle factors come in. And I don't know how much you've talked about meditation and yoga and allowing for headspace. Do you talk a lot about that on your show? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's definitely discussed pretty much on every episode or mentioned, right? The importance of that. It's great that on every episode that every single speaker brings it up, you know, and, and brings up everything that you've brought up. It's like, it just hits home the importance of all of these factors. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. So we, we do want to reduce stress. Mm-hmm. We also want to, I'm going to echo what I've already said. We want to fix nutritional deficiencies. If you want to make great progesterone, like we, we said earlier, you need magnesium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you want to make the testosterone, you need your zinc, you need magnesium too, but you don't want to have nutritional deficiencies. And, and some of us genetically have certain variants where we are more likely to have some nutritional deficiencies. And right. so again, finding a high quality functional medicine provider who can test you to see if you have nutritional deficiencies is a great thing. I would also say you can pretty much assume if you're on any medication, you're going to have nutritional deficiencies. So Mm -hmm. reflux medications, birth control pills, antibiotics, I mean, medication, antidepressants, right? Pills deplete nutrients. And Mm -hmm. so you can pretty much assume if you're on any pills, (laughs) any pharmaceutical pills, you're going to have nutritional deficiencies. If you're stressed after the first thing I said, stress robs you of nutrients, magnesium specifically. So if we want to optimize our hormones, we got to reduce stress. We got to optimize our nutritional status and we need to detox the body. So specifically with hormones, I'll digress a little bit here. And and maybe I'm echoing some of what's been already said, but there are some environmental toxins that are really, really not great Mm -hmm. for our hormones. So one is fragrance. (laughs) If you're a female, I, I used to go to uh, Bath and Body Works and get all the, oh, yeah. all the good smelling lotion, especially at the holidays. I just love doing that. You know, I had chemical straighteners done on my hair. All these things probably led to my endometriosis, right? I had no idea at the time. My parents didn't know, you know, at the time. And we were a healthy family. Like we were ahead of the game, right. but we still didn't know. Estrogen so, disruptors. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So little did I know I was feeding this, this problem all these years. So fragrance and um, parabens and phthalates and sulfites, and, you know, those are just one example uh, of toxins that can impact our hormones. Plastics is another never microwave plastic. Mm. Uh, don't even use it. If you can don't, don't eat out of aluminum cans, if you can, because they may contain BPA and dairy. I'm going to come back to dairy here. So a lot of cow's dairy, <laughs> comes from, so if we think of the cow, right, we get milk from the cow, but then, and the milk makes maybe, well, 
well, I won't go to cheese. I'll, I'll keep on the milk strategy here. So mm -hmm. <laughs> the milk has been stored in a bottle lined with plastic. The, that, that milk in that carton is coming from a cow who probably has been injected with growth hormone and probably has been eating mold laden grains. Mm -hmm. So it may have and mold toxins. Is the key, not not yeah. just mold lading, but just grains in general, yeah. right? Yeah, not grass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so by consuming a lot of dairy products, we're potentially layering on more and more toxins in our body. So if there were really three toxins, just to take home from this discussion today, that you could get out of your life to help optimize aging and mental health and hormone production, that would be fragrances, plastics, and dairy. Now, I'm also uh, a bit paranoid about EMFs. I do not like electromagnetic frequencies. Mm -hmm. I'm using corded earphones, not, you know, Bluetooth earphones today, but we're both sitting in front of our computers, right? We have our cell phones. We have our microphone. Right. I have a, uh, I'll digress here, but I don't think you'll mind. I have a corded mouse, not a wireless mouse. Uh -huh. I had a lot of finger pain. I mean, I'm using my mouse all day and all I had, I mean, just, just my finger was aching and all I did was switch my mouse to a corded mouse and the pain went away. Yeah. So, you know, we know even the electromagnetic frequencies that we're surrounded by and, you know, burdened by, right. that's a stress on the body that can cause excitation of our cells and even anxiety and depression as well. Absolutely. I actually used to wear a Fitbit for a period of time and I would just get this pain around my wrist and it was clearly the Fitbit. There was, I mean, cause you could even feel, I could even feel like some heat coming from it and it wow. was actually causing wrist pain. So, wow. and it went away when I, I believe stopped it. using yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So you just mentioned four toxins and just to repeat four toxins that do what? Lead to chronic disease and aging. Okay. But the toxins also can impact our body's ability to produce hormones back to kind of the point we were talking about. Right. Just what we can do. So if you're if, well, not, I'll just say, not if you're just young, at any age, working mm -hmm. on reducing stress, fixing nutritional deficiencies, and detoxing the body can be very helpful for you. Now, you may be young and have had a hysterectomy. And if that's the case, right, you may, at a very young age, even need hormone replacement therapy. So I'm not saying only do these things. I, I also want to say, if you need to seek out hormone replacement therapy, please do. So, and I, I know you've had other providers talk about sure. that estrogen, yeah. progesterone, and testosterone in patients who are found to be clinically, you know, low, who have symptoms of low hormones can be replaced and mood restored and bone density improve. And patients can feel amazing when we optimize hormones. I've had patients for their depression. I know we're kind of jumping topics, but not really because it's all the same stuff. <laughs> I've had patients who come in and for one patient, optimizing testosterone may be the light bulb. They just, they're back. They feel great. Another patient, it's progesterone. Another patient, maybe it's estrogen and another, maybe it's thyroid. Right. And in other patients, they may need all of the above. So it's really important to have hormone levels appropriately tested and then optimized. Yeah. And, you know, I would just want to add, just so people understand that it's important to look at all of the hormones because your sex hormones, the testosterone, progesterone, and estrogen could be low because your thyroid's not working properly. And your thyroid could potentially not be working properly if your adrenals are not working properly. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to do all of the above and yes. not just sex hormones. There are many people who go for hormone replacement just for the estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone and not really look at well, why are they low? What's going mm -hmm. on in the body that's creating this process? Yep. 
And so it's really looking at all of those things, starting with the adrenals, then the thyroid, and then the sex hormones. So. I totally agree. I have patients who, who come to our clinic. They've already been to maybe just a hormone pellet clinic, you know, and they got their hormone pellets, which helped to some degree. And, yeah. I, and I like hormone pellets. We offer them here, but, but they never had anything else looked at. Right. So we can, we can optimize hormones, but you just, you create a, a good case where we still need to get to the root cause of the problem. Why the, why the hormone levels were low. Do we need to detox the body, fix nutritional deficiencies, improve gut health? Like there are a lot of different uh, pieces we need to be concurrently looking at. Mm -hmm. I totally yeah. agree with you there. Yeah. I know many people ask me and, you know, I'm going to ask you just because I'm sure the, this question arises when people are watching these types of episodes, do hormones cause cancer? Right. You know, yeah, dun, you dun, dun, dun. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do hormones cause cancer? <laughs> yeah. So no hormones do not natural hormones so if natural hormones cause cancer we'd have a bunch of 18 year olds right running around with high hormone levels at their peak right with the highest rates of cancers and then 90 year olds with the lowest hormone levels um i'm now i'm confusing what i'm saying yeah with low levels without the cancers mm -hmm. and the opposite is true right so actually the elderly who have low hormone levels are, are um, getting the cancers. So, so no, hormones mm -hmm. do not cause cancer. Mm -hmm. I will say hormones could feed an existing cancer. So if you had an estrogen fed cancer, and then you took even that, you know, an estrogen receptor positive breast cancer, you didn't know it. And you took a bunch of estrogen, it could feed that cancer, but the natural estrogen wouldn't cause it. Right. Synthetic hormones are different. And so in chapter six of my book, I actually map out the molecular structure of synthetic and natural hormones. So for men and women, so we're looking at progesterone molecules and testosterone molecules and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Synthetic hormones do not fit like a key fitting in a keyhole. Your hormone should fit, the hormone you take, if you're taking hormone replacement therapy, should fit into your hormone receptor like a key fitting in a keyhole, right? Mm -hmm. Synthetics don't. Synthetics only bind partially. They have a totally different molecular structure and that's right. why they can cause a lot of side effects. And that's why a lot of hormones, as we know, in the Women's Health Initiative study led to some cancers. Mm -hmm. So what your hopefully highly trained functional medicine or anti-aging provider knows is to not replicate what was done in the Women's Health Initiative study, not use synthetic hormones from horse urine, not use the oral estrone and est you know, estradiol uh, combination. Hopefully you can find a provider who knows what form, what dose of hormones to give you. Right. Absolutely. That, and, and that they're natural, not synthetic from a plant-based source. Yes. Not horse urine. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. It's all a place to men too. This is not yeah. just for women. This is all. <laughs> yes, absolutely. This there's, there's a place for men too. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, why don't we end on your top three tips or nutrients to help boost estrogen metabolism? Yeah. So this is, this is a good transition. Like speaking of the question you just asked, do hormones cause cancer? So what we believe in functional medicine is that if hormones are not appropriately metabolized back to the liver, you want to have a, a great laundry room in your home functioning very well, just like you want to have appropriately functioning liver and gallbladder in your body. You want hormones, even if you take hormones, like if you're taking estrogen replacement therapy, we want the estrogen to be able to bind to your receptor, help your hot flushes or your mood or whatever you're taking the estrogen for, right? Mm -hmm. But eventually the estrogen has to be cleared out of your body. Everything we put in our mouth, everything we inhale eventually is going to have to be metabolized or eliminated from the body. 
And where we think cancer risk can boil down to in many individuals, men and women, is poor estrogen metabolism. So if your liver can't clear out excess estrogen, so a lot of women have estrogen dominance, <laughs> mm -hmm. but even when you're taking hormone replacement, hormone replacement therapy later in life, if you were low on estrogen and then taking it, if your liver can't clear it out, bad things can happen like cancers. Okay. Right. Or even I could start with fibrocystic breast changes and heavy bleeding, you know, uterine fibroids, whatnot. So there are nutrients you can take whether you're on estrogen or not. Um, let's say you're like me and you've had hair chemical chemically straightened and you've you know, been using not, or unfortunately toxic personal care products and you know, I gotta get these excess estrogen out of my body. There are nutrients you can take to help your liver better clear out excess estrogen. Mm -hmm. So the first is called mm -hmm. DIM. It's an extract from cruciferous vegetables, which is why we should all be eating cruciferous vegetables. Right. DIM, D-I-M. It's, it's an infill molecule from cruciferous vegetables. Right. So your broccoli, cauliflower, bok choy, kohlrabi, not your spinach, but your kale does, does qualify. So dim or eating lots of cruciferous vegetables can be very healthy. Now, if you want to know if you need dim, uh, which helps phase one estrogen metabolism, you can actually have urine um, uh, hormone metabolism testing done with your functional medicine provider. Mm -hmm. But then the, the second, I'll say, group of nutrients that is really important for phase two estrogen clearance or detox are B vitamins. So B vitamins are also essential for mental health, but they're really important for methylation of estrogens. Methylation is a process that prevents cancer. Mm -hmm. So you want to have good methylation. So you want to take B vitamins specifically B6, B9, and B12. Right. And the, as we alluded to earlier, the active methylated, you know, high quality forms of these. Mm -hmm. And then thirdly, we need antioxidants. So just like how a car can rust and apple can brown, to how our bodies age, right? With oxidative really, stress and rusting, <laughs> we're literally rusting. our cells are yeah. So to protect <laughs> ourselves from that from happening, taking antioxidants. Um, speaking specifically to estrogen metabolism, we know N-acetylcysteine, which is an amino acid great for mental health, which also mm -hmm. boosts glutathione, is helpful, and resveratrol. Mm -hmm. Those two are wonderful at protecting against a specific we'll say estrogen metabolite called 4-hydroxyestrone that can lead to cancer. So mm -hmm. the take home is cruciferous vegetables, DIM, B vitamins, and antioxidants. So those can help prevent estrogen related cancers, help you age better. Yes. Great. Wow. This was an episode chock full of information that, you know, it's great information. It is absolutely right that, you know, sometimes people need to hear things again and again and again, because it is a lot of information. It's complicated mm -hmm. information. And, and it's, it is, these are things that impact us on a day-to-day -day level. And it's good to hear it one episode after another. It's really, you know, it hits home the importance of these things. Yes. Big time. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Great. Hey, so how can people get your book? Where is the best place to pick that up? It's available on our website, yourlongevityblueprint.com. And actually, I can give you a code for 10% off for your listeners um, oh. if they want to get it there. Or you can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, really anywhere books are books are sold. So you're saying and, go to your website, right? Yes, yourlongevityblueprint.com. Yep. Okay. And then what's the code? Um, should we just use like a China or something? Or <laughs> Sure. What the heck? <laughs> All right. Code. Down here is for a China. Okay. <laughs> for 10% off. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, great. And then I also have a free ebook as well. So we talked a little bit about stress today and I want your audience to feel not depressed, like, oh, I have, you know, I have a stressful life. So do I, we all have stress, right? Mm -hmm. But we want to be able to equip our body to be more resilient, mm -hmm. right? To that stress. And so I have an ebook on creating resilience for your health and your hormones, beautiful free ebook that I'll give you the link for you can post as well. Yes, I have that already. And uh, I'll also let people know how to get in touch with you from your website and your Facebook page and Instagram. All right. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, Dr. Gray, thank you so much for joining me today and providing all this information for my audience. It's, and you know, thank you also for connecting the dots from all, all of the things that are related to aging and mood, you know, through hormones and gut, right? A lot of times that's what, uh, people have trouble doing. And I think the more people understand how everything's connected, they're more likely to actually make changes and invest time and money as we talked about in, mm -hmm. in improving their health. Great. Awesome. I think we appreciate the same analogies and we speak the same language and great minds think alike. So thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. I hope that you will join me in the future. If you are interested in working with me, please go to www.achinasteindo.com to book a discovery call. There you may also download for free the first three chapters of my book. I hope my work enlightens you, gives you hope, and moves you forward on your journey to a better mood and fulfilling life.